Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob, and I'm reading today from a devotional book put out by Voice of the Martyrs. It's called Extreme Devotion. This book catalogs the struggles of God's people over past years. Now, today, we're visiting Laos and a fellow named Hezekiah. Shortly after becoming a Christian in 1997, Hezekiah went to what was known locally as the Sanctuary to receive discipleship and evangelism training. He then returned to his father's house and was immediately approached by 35 relatives and villagers demanding to know why he had converted to Christianity. He told them, Jesus is the only way I can be saved from my sins and have eternal life. Well, the crowd grew angry, and Hezekiah tried to reason with them. Finally, they grabbed him by the hair and began to punch him in the face until he fell unconscious. A friend of Hezekiah was able to take him to his house, where he remained in bed for four days, recuperating from the beatings. Hezekiah has never been able to return to his father's house, but he continues to travel from village to village in Laos, carrying the good news of salvation. Since this first incident, Hezekiah has been beaten on ten occasions, sometimes preferring death to the continued suffering. He testifies, As I have matured in my walk with Christ, I have more faith to endure these hardships. The trials I have gone through have served to strengthen my faith, and I see God's faithfulness in delivering me. I thank God I have been able to bring 30 people to the saving knowledge of Jesus. 2 Timothy 2.13 says, If we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself. God's loyalty to his children is not based on reciprocity. If it were, we would all have been abandoned long ago. Instead, God is well aware of our frailties and chooses to love us anyway. We must be careful to read the stories of Christian martyrs in light of God's loyalty to his children. The martyrs would be the first to remind us that their story is not about them, it's about God. Though we read of many believers who willingly endured scourging rather than renouncing Christ, the amazing conclusion is not the extreme loyalty of a person, but the extreme faithfulness of the God of glory. Your faithfulness may falter, but his steadfast loyalty to you never ends. Take time to thank God for his loyalty today. Well, that's part one of our persecution offering. We have another thing here from the magazine, <clears throat> the uh, November, I make that the October 2023 issue of Voice of the Martyrs magazine newsletter. It's about 16 pages. I'll tell you how to get one of your own in just a minute, but we're we're going to different fields now. There's a section at the end of this magazine that's called From the Field, and they take you to three separate places, and then there's a little column called Where Are They Now, and there's one more place that we can go to. So let's, let's find out what's going on uh, worldwide. First, Algeria, increasing pressure amid ongoing church closures. Since 2017, the Algerian government has closed 30 of the country's 47 Protestant churches. Though Christianity has a long history in North Africa, 
Christian worship and witness have largely disappeared today as a result of centuries of Muslim occupation. Algeria is now 97% Muslim, and Christian converts from Islam face a variety of hardships in their local communities. They sometimes suffer persecution from both their family members and the Algerian government. In December 2022, a 54-year-old Christian pastor from a Muslim background was arrested on charges of holding unlicensed worship and worship in a building not designated for non-Muslim worship. A month later, he was sentenced to two years in prison. And yet, amid these efforts to silence the witness for Christ, Algerian Christians continue to proclaim the gospel boldly. And Algeria has experienced one of the world's largest movements of Muslims coming to faith in Christ. A frontline worker asked for prayer that Algerian believers whose churches have been closed will be able to continue gathering for worship and reaching their neighbors with the gospel despite the risks. Next we go to North Korea, where a father pleads for his son's release. After a man in North Korea became a Christian in 2003, through the witness of a pastor in China, he began taking other North Koreans to the pastor to hear the gospel. But when the pastor's outreach efforts were discovered, the North Korean man knew he needed to leave the country with his family. He and his daughter defected first, but before he could get the rest of his family out, security forces raided his home and arrested his 19-year-old son, Kyung Jae Kim. The arrest was part of a roundup of everyone associated with the China-based pastor's ministry work. Since Kyung Jae Kim's arrest, he's been in a camp for political prisoners, where inmates are starved, overworked, and tortured. His mother was able to bring him a few necessities at the beginning of his imprisonment, but she was not allowed to see him and has since defected. Kyung Jae Kim's father was petitioned ceaselessly for the release of his son, even requesting help from the UN and other international organizations, but his pleas for assistance have gone unanswered. In North Korea, anyone discovered to be a Christian or to have expressed any interest in Christ or the Bible is considered to be an enemy of the state. Even those who merely fail to report known Christian activity are punished as enemies of the regime. At least 30,000 Christians are estimated to be imprisoned in North Korea, where they suffer under inhumane conditions. And then there's Cuba, in our own hemisphere. Cuba, a new law restricting Christian parents. Following a September 2022 referendum, an extensive new family code came into effect in Cuba in January of this year. The new code abolished the concept of parental custody instead of assigning parents' responsibility for raising children according to the Cuban government's socialist ideology. Frontline workers report that this legal change essentially makes Cuban children wards of the government. My, that sounds a lot like what's happening in my own country. And denies parents the right to raise their children in the Christian faith. 
Christian leaders are concerned that the law will be used to silence the faithful witness of Christian parents. Churches and individual Christians in Cuba face unrelenting pressure from the government, which remains committed to communism's atheistic ideology and views churches as a threat to the revolution begun by Fidel Castro and Che Guevara in the 1950s. Church buildings are routinely seized and demolished. Pastors and other church leaders are harassed and arrested, and Christians are often denied jobs and educational opportunities. Still, believers continue to meet in illegal house churches, and the church continues to grow through bold evangelistic activity. The previous family code had already created barriers for Christian families. For example, children are required to attend public school in order to receive proper instruction in socialist ideology. Parents who do not comply are arrested. Christian leaders in Cuba warn that the new laws will make it easier for the government to remove children from Christian families that oppose government ideology. And now where are they now? Nigeria. Christian widow and children thriving. On January 13, 2011, militant Fulani Muslims attacked Alice Belus's village in Plateau State, Nigeria, and shot her husband to death in front of her and her children. About 18 months later, militants attacked the village again, burning her home and forcing her and her four children to flee the village. VOM has helped the family with living expenses, and they're now thriving with help from the global body of Christ. Through her disciplined and diligent work as a farmer, Alice has purchased some land and built a home. Her children have done well in school, and her oldest son is now awaiting admission to a local university. Alice's faith has continued to grow as she's seen God work in her life. Uh, since her husband's death. God has reminded her that he is a covenant-keeping God, a frontline worker said. She's learned to give God her problems because she knows that he is faithful to take care of her. She thanks God every day for the support that she received, and she expresses her gratitude all the time. Well, that story first appeared in the October 2019 issue of the Voice of the Martyrs magazine. Well, if you'd like to have this magazine delivered free to your door every month, just get on their mailing list right away. That's uh, at vom.org, vom.org. Now, if you want a copy of the book I was reading from first called Extreme Devotion, it's not a free book, but if you would like a copy of that, email them at thevoice at vom.org, thevoice at vom.org. Thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, by the way, okay, I just gave you two different things. I'm going to correct that next time. When I said vom.org, that's a website. You can't contact them at that, but when you get to vom.org, you'll be able to get what you need. The other thing, the voice at vom.org is, a, is an email address. So thank you for bearing with this old guy. Bless you. This is the Hackberry House of Chosun, and Lord willing, we'll talk again real soon. Bye-bye.